The following podcast is for entertainment purposes only. It does not reflect the views or opinions of my university or its affiliates. Hi, and welcome, as always, to the Sister Wives Professor. That's me. I'm Dr. Adam, a professor of interpersonal and family communication and a follower of the TLC series, Sister Wives. This is a big day for a lot of reasons. Probably most importantly, I'm finally delivering on what I have been promising, which is today I'm going to talk you through my analysis of the first talkback episode from season 18 of Sister Wives. I know you've been patient. So many people have been asking me for this, and I'm really glad to be able to finally share it with you. I just wanted to make sure it was as good as possible. So we're going to go all throughout the episode and what I see, but I have a couple things to talk about real quick before we get into it. First of all is the format of the episode. I haven't reviewed season 18 yet. I'm actually on season two (laughs) as I'm recording this. So I don't want to get into an analysis of the footage that the Browns are reacting to from the proper season 18, because ideally I'll get to that later. And also that would just be too much and too confusing to tell you like what I'm reacting to exactly. I will key you in to what footage the Browns are reacting to though. I hope that makes sense. It's really just the best way I can do this for you. Number two is I have a really big announcement to make about the future of this podcast at the end of this episode. So I hope you finish the episode just because you enjoy it, but I really hope you stick around because I've I've just got some things I want to talk to you about. So we'll get to that. I'm going to skip the opening where they have a bunch of clips of the episode because I'll get to all that content in a bit. So the episode really gets going with footage of Mary outside of Lizzie's Heritage Inn, taking out two large garbage cans at one time. So one garbage can being pulled by each hand. And I got to say, as a Fitbit and step tracking fanatic, you're leaving money on the table, girl. You could have doubled your steps going back to get the second one. But, you know, to each their own. Mary takes out her phone immediately after this and starts filming herself, smiling very broadly, almost jubilant, and says, I just took out the trash and laughs at the thematic correctness of this. She touches her hair and starts walking back to the inn, explaining the premise of the talkback episode. We see the outside of Christine's current home, and she also explains the premise, says that she's in comfy slippers and she needs wine. Christine continues to be very relatable. I don't even drink anymore, but I don't blame her for needing wine to do this. I do notice in Christine's house, she has Halloween decor up on her wall, some bats stuck to the wall and a skeleton sign that look pretty fun to me. Christine is laughing as she grabs a bottle of wine while still holding the phone, kind of juggling everything she's doing at once. She's laughing, sounds sort of happy, but a little bit stressed. The stress is coming out in her laughter. She repeats that it's hard to watch and look back on this stuff, and, and I can't help but agree with her. This, this would be hard to do. Now the Janelle cam, and Janelle says that she doesn't always see everyone else's footage, until the episode actually airs, and she's sometimes jealous of what they say, and she wishes that she had said those things. That is not where I thought that that statement was going, so that caught me by surprise. Christine is still leaning on the wine theme. She grabs a wine glass and says that she's coming prepared, and smiles, but with no lower teeth showing. 
So it's almost a baring of teeth. Her eyes are smiling. She does seem to be, you know, at least somewhat communicating this this happiness, but there's still stress coming through. Janelle talking on her phone. We see some steam to the left of her. She says that it's tea for her throat. Her throat's bugging her. So that cleared that up for me. I'm glad that Janelle's house wasn't on fire. Christine asks someone, we don't see who off camera, if they can hear her slippers. And she laughs very loudly, very sincerely, kind of a belly laugh. Christine in this footage, she's stressed, but she just seems so unburdened compared to how she used to come across. Everyone is sitting down in their respective homes. Christine, glass of white wine. Hmm. Not my taste. Don't get, okay, no. I was a red wine guy. Don't get mad at me. I'm, I'm pro white wine. You, do, 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 have you known me to be judgmental? Come on. If you love white wine, I think that's wonderful. My mom is a big white wine booster, so I get it. I like white wine just fine. I like the taste. It just used to give me too much of a headache. It used to dry me out real bad. Cody's talking about Christine moving out and says they're divorced. This is in the footage, by the way, and Christine reviewing this purses her lips and nods an affirmation silently that this is what happened. She seems to be reinforcing non-verbally that it was a good thing. Christine, very thoughtful, sort of helpfully explaining to the audience the church process and the fact that there is no legal marriage to divorce from. Christine does sound a bit tipsy so far, a little bit, as we Irish say, in her cups. She seems annoyed talking about this stuff, but not angry that Cody says that he got kicked out of the house and she clarifies that he was not kicked out. He was only told he was not allowed to sleep in her bed anymore, which isn't the same thing. But as we'll see, the theme of this episode in many ways is Cody taking things that were said and then creating a narrative, kind of a victim narrative that is more effective for him. Janelle watching footage of Cody saying that their marriage is strained. She's not expressing much. Her face isn't doing much until he indicates he doesn't know why things are strained and she frowns silently, kind of indicating that that is not true. Mary reviewing footage sounds a bit shaken up, but not too much, just maybe a little exasperated might be the word, uh, what a different person Cody sounds like. And he really does. Folks, I'm knee deep in season two of Sister Wives and, and everyone on the show is so different now in the current season than what I'm used to. She repeats it again, says he's a different person and shakes her head in disbelief, remarking on the contrast between the old photos and the footage and how he's behaving now. The first viewer question of the episode is about Cody's hair. And Robin finally, for the first time on the couch, looks at Cody. And she sort of shakes her head and smiles and laughs when he says he's had five different hairstyles since the show started, which I think is an understatement. He lists off various stages of his hair with clips accompanying, and Robin points a thumb at his head and says that she's the one who taught him how to curl it, which I will admit, if I were on national TV, I wouldn't admit to. So she is a brave lady. Cody's hair at this point, like like when I'm reviewing season two, his hair looks fine. It's, you know, it's a style. It's the shaggy, fringy, surfer dude thing. Cody's hair now in season 18, it looks like it's made out of like ramen noodles and sadness. It's just, it's, it's a look. And Robin, I guess, is, like many things, is responsible for it. Someone asked Janelle what she'd tell her younger self. I love this question. I love to do this thought exercise in class all the time, so I immediately kind of perked up. Janelle is confident and assertive as she nods and says in a strong voice, more education setting more boundaries with relationships with sister wives. And she smiles saying she'd just say, be brave and rock the boat. And she nods to kind of accent her words to emphasize them. We see footage of Janelle's camper and Christine takes a drink watching this, pauses and declares, did you see how small that was? And she sounds shocked. 
She's almost sounding as if she's never seen it before, which of course she has. She seems to have a genuine revelation looking away, thinking, says, it just hit her now how small that house was. Her words, she calls it a house. Janelle is talking about Robin buying a house in the footage and how they also bought Coyote Pass and says she's waiting on the dream, which Christine watching that footage raises her eyebrows. She pauses, looks down her nose at the camera, says Robin's house is huge. Christine is so tipsy, y'all. I'm here for it. I love it. She catches herself because she, for a second time, refers to the camper as a house. And she says, well, not a house, a trailer. Cody and Robin are watching footage, and Cody, on the couch, as he's watching it, is leaning all the way back into the couch, almost like he's in a dentist chair. Robin is slumped over, looking away. She's got a lot of nervous gestures, a lot of playing with her hair. She puts her hand on the side of her head. She even at one point rubs her knuckles along the leg of her jeans. Could have been nothing, or could be more self-soothing gestures. She keeps touching her face, looking away. And, And Cody's such a contrast. He's almost immobile, barely blinking. Cody on the couch, he he sort of wakes up and gets all sassy. He starts shaking his head. He's got wide eyes. Says, Janelle says my boys aren't welcome. Robin, with more hair touching, is watching him. Cody keeps looking off to the side, saying that's what she's been telling them. We often, by the way, look away when we're saying something that we're nervous or shy or upset about. can also be a sign of deception. But I don't think Cody is being purposely deceptive. I think Cody believes everything he's saying is true. Whether it is or not, he believes it. He says that's her narrative. And that's how she's betrayed me with my boys. His words exactly. These are very loaded words. Betrayal, right? That's an extreme word. And he says, my boys. This isn't the last time he says it. He never says our boys. It's always my boys. He's trying to conjure up this idea that Janelle has stolen his own children from him. His adult children, by the way. Christine watching the footage, frowning and squinting in frustration, says, Cody means he wants an apology, not a conversation. She keeps doing a chopping motion on her leg with her hand to denote how inflexible this is. She keeps doing this hand chop. Then she opens one arm wide and upward, lightening her tone, saying, he raised really strong, amazing kids who have a voice. So her gestures and her voice is sort of denoting both that this is a beautiful thing that he's done, and also that it's just out of his hands at this point. Janelle reacts to Cody in the footage. Cody's talking about the pain of his divorce from Christine. Janelle pushes back on this, saying that he was hurting. After his divorce from Christine, and her eyes are kind of half-closed, she sounds like she's in disbelief, pointing out how long he'd complained to her about Christine and not wanting to be physically intimate with her. She isn't having this, and vocally she's quite dismissive of everything he's saying. Christine answers a fan question about why Cody can't just seem to let her go. Her eyes are wide, she's gesturing, and her vocalics are showing both disbelief and agreement, saying, I know, I didn't know he loved me so much, right? Christine and and Janelle and even Mary to an extent, but especially Christine, are very good at talking to the camera as if the person watching is their friend and that they're sort of confiding in them and bonding with them. Cody and Robin, in contrast, this entire episode are either addressing themselves, each other, or both. It's almost night and day. Christine sort of girlishly twirls her hair and looks away, calling it sweet because he wouldn't be so mad if he didn't care. She, she's being pretty sarcastic, pretty funny, and uh, seemingly uh, communicating that she's pretty over the drama of this and is at peace with it. Footage of Cody being angry at Janelle, discussing Christmas plans. Christine pauses and growls with gritted teeth, uh, wide eyes, gestures all over the place, repeating they aren't welcome in his house. She calls it absolute rubbish. 
she's kind of, to be honest, kind of slurring her words at this point. We see Janelle too reacting to this, and um, she's giving a little side eye to the camera. Very wry, says, I'm "Not welcome in his house." She sarcastically says, "He doesn't have other houses. He has his house, not other wives' houses." This seemingly touched upon something that that really bothered her. Mary's reaction now, she's gesturing upward, looking up, seemingly at a loss for words, even saying with surprise that Cody seems so shocked. He's floored. He's not understanding. And she laughs and says, dude, you're doing, you've been doing the same thing to me. She's in disbelief that Cody doesn't understand that he's now being treated how he has treated Mary for years. She touches her face and seems to be upset that he doesn't get it. Seems to be upset that he doesn't recognize that Janelle and Christine are just doing what he did. She touches her hair, more reassuring, self-soothing gestures, and she quietly says it's very interesting. She almost says it in a whisper. Janelle, looking at an iPad, laughs and smiles. Honestly, she, she looks lovely. She looks genuinely entertained. She says, I've, I've seen this one. She's a little bit excited. And there's a tweet making fun of the lack of development of Coyote Pass with a futuristic city that's supposed to be Flagstaff in 2073 with bare ground in front of it meant to be Coyote Pass. And Janelle can't get through reading this tweet without laughing. It might even be Coyote Pass. I'm not sure. Christine reacts to the same thing. She's laughing too, but she's more wry, less jubilant than Janelle. Cody reacting says enough has happened that this might be true. Robert even confirms that her father's picnic table is in the image still, which I admit at first I did not notice and is re- that's just that's chef's kiss. Well done. Whoever to even Cody. Cody can't keep it together. He laughs at this. It, it is really, really funny. Cody is talking right to the camera now, waving his hand around, saying Janelle is the one who wants to be separate over the holidays after they just reviewed footage that had her discussing them not being together for Christmas. Robin's still running her hand through her hair. Cody is looking away from the camera and back and over and over. Says that she didn't want to have Christmas with Mary and Robin, so this is an excuse. Cody makes a lot of attributions about other people's behavior throughout this episode. Robin very quietly sounds and looks confused and asks, that's what she said? Cody says, no, that's my interpretation, but he sounds confident. He doesn't, he doesn't sound like he's, you know, leaving any room for interpretation. He sounds like it's absolute truth. He points and punches the air as he says, Janelle is punching a button to make him look bad. Robin sounds confused by this, asks Cody, you never wanted to do Christmas separate? Wouldn't she know this? How is she just discovering this for the first time? We're to believe that they've never had a conversation about this, you know, around the holidays. This was weird. She then says, well, why does she keep saying that? This is interesting. This, for my money, is the clearest peek into the reality of Robin and Cody's dynamic at home, off camera. Her playing as if she doesn't know what's going on and asking Cody sympathetic questions to rile him up and make him feel like she's on his side. She is very careful, too, to not seem too overtly critical of anyone else. It's mostly just victimizing herself and Cody and asking leading questions. She knows exactly what she's doing. I don't know if I would say manipulative, but definitely influencing Cody to go where she needs to. It's it's interesting because skilled persuaders and skilled manipulators know people will be more committed to an emotion and to a decision that you have talked them into if they never realize you're the one who's talked them into it. If you're able to talk them into it in such a way that they feel like they've come to the conclusion on their own, they will be much more committed to it. Cody doesn't want to be influenced. He doesn't want to be told what to do, so she doesn't do that. She just has discovered a way to talk to him and lead him to where she wants him to go, it seems. 
Robin points a thumb at Cody and says, you need to stop making this about you. Cody laughs. He flips his hair, looks away, and gets fired up again, saying, she's specifically trying to destroy his character with his boys. He points the remote at the TV and calls her a bad word sister wife. Robin feigns either disgust or surprise with her facial expression, maybe both. She looks at Cody and says, wait, wait, stop, and repeats that exact phrase, a, a crappy sister wife. She points a thumb at Cody at this point and says, you need to stop making this about you. And Cody keeps repeating that phrase, crappy sister wife, and says, sorry, but he doesn't sound sorry. He raises his hands as if to indicate sorry, meaning it's not my fault. Cody keeps railing against everyone, pitting them in opposition to him and Robin. As she blows air out of her closed lips, looks up at the ceiling and says, I know, again, validating this assertion from him of them being victims in this situation. You might ask, okay, Dr. Adam, why would she push back on him and say something like, stop making it about you? This is what we call the veneer of impartiality, sort of a smokescreen of impartiality. Robin doesn't want to go too hard, doesn't want to be too overt. And so when she pushes back on Cody in small ways that he won't find off-putting, it only makes her seem more credible and more influential when she goes along with him. She seems more believable. I don't think these are genuine pushbacks on Cody. I think this is just all part of a refined, detailed technique that she has mastered over many years at this point. She says, though, that he never talks about his issues with wives, just the relationships between sister wives. And Cody says, well, lack of loyalty. And Robin says, well, that's different. Again, softly validating him, implying it's a legitimate issue. She says that he just critiques relationships among sister wives themselves, and he raises his hands to emphasize that it's the whole bigger picture. Robin seems to acquiesce, agree, and nods, looks away, doing more face touching. She has expertly led Cody to exactly where she wanted to go, and we really see it lay out. Fan question to Janelle, why does Cody seem so angry if he seems to be getting what he wanted? Janelle looks up and away, denoting that she's in thought. Says Cody for a while wanted the big and unified family. She's quite measured, but has some passion in her inflection, saying maybe the issue is he wanted a united family, and then he had to see it fall apart. Watching footage of Christine asking why it's her fault that Cody has bad relationships with other people, but Christine is supposed to single-handedly create good relationships for herself, meaning with other sister wives. Robin, watching this on the couch, keeps hair fidgeting. Cody looks uninterruptedly at the camera saying, it's Christine's fault because she moved him out of the home, severing his relationships. He's emphasizing with his hands out and his palms down, I have an experience with my children right here in this house because I'm in this house. Says if Robin made him leave, it would change his dynamic with his children. He's very assertive. Okay, here's something that Cody does where Cody says something that's kind of true or true, but then he weaponizes it or reappropriates it for his own purposes, which are not fair. What he's done here is state, if a parent moves out of the house where the children reside, their dynamic changes. This is true. This happens This happens not just because of divorce, separation, or family conflict, but a kid moving out to go to college, your relationship with your child changes. If you travel for work and you're out of the house, your relationship shifts. If you're deployed because of military service, your relationship shifts. This is all true. That's not what he's saying. He's saying because he was quote unquote removed from the house, his relationships are bad and he is completely powerless to change it, to build or repair those relationships. That's not true. Not only is that true, and I try not to get, <laughs> I try not to get angry in these podcasts, 
this makes me very, mm, I won't, I won't get into it. This makes me angry for personal being removed from the home where your children reside or not being able to be there as much as you want to is very hard. That does not absolve you of the responsibility of maintaining a relationship with those people. That does not make it impossible for you to maintain a relationship with those people. That is not the reason for his bad relationships. Janelle answers a fan question about what resolved her issues with Christine since they didn't always have a good relationship. And she says removing other people from the equation is what did it. She emphasizes with her hands that Christine was absolutely there when all the kids were growing up from infancy to past high school while she was not since she was working. She's emphatic and she has this rhythm when she says the history, the time, the tears, and so on. That's all been as a unit with Christine and her kids. There's some footage about Cody putting it all on her, and Janelle's talking about this. She says, yeah, I should be submissive. Sarcastic. And she puts the remote against her head and says, okay, that's your rules. Okay, I'll just bow down. And we have footage of Cody, in essence, saying he could lead the family, but he just can't because the moms don't support him enough. More of Cody completely blanket absolving himself of any responsibility for, I guess, anything, seemingly, with the health of his family, other than Robin's kids and Robin herself. Janelle points at the camera, almost winks, but not quite, and says, that's a cop-out. And she keeps gesturing with the remote to emphasize it. Reviewing footage of Janelle now, talking about what a good and engaged father Cody used to be, which she found so important. Cody touches his face hearing this, almost like he's wiping away a tear, but I, I, I don't think that's what was happening. Janelle says, who is that guy now? Robin looks at Cody on the couch. Cody pauses the footage because she does this and asks her very quietly, what? And she doesn't answer at first. She just kind of blinks a lot. And she leans in a bit closer to him as she asks, do you want to be an engaged father? He again deflects, takes no responsibility, saying it'd be nice if she made it easy for me, but she separated me. And Robin doesn't let him get away with this. Interestingly, she talks over him and says, do you want to be an engaged father? And he says, of course. But he just deflects more and says, he engages with his children even when they don't engage with him, which we have had confirmed that that's not the case. His head is to the side. He's looking down. He's looking defensive to me. I think Robin was trying to lead him in a different direction here, or again, putting up that veneer of impartiality that makes her seem more credible to Cody, or maybe both. Cody continuing to deflect, saying the kids won't engage him, and he flicks a finger at the TV, saying, a lot of the issue is the mother and how she talks about their father. Look, one parent talking bad about another parent to kids, that, that is really hard. That is really complicated. It's especially hard on the kids. I don't think anybody's going to disagree with that. But that is, again, a blanket absolution of Cody from himself saying, well, clearly there's just nothing I can do. He's powerless, which is just not true. Interestingly, we then see footage from the season of Cody asking Janelle explicitly not to communicate to her children about him. Because as he puts it, he doesn't want to mix message. So Cody basically says that he should be the only one talking to his kids. And Janelle reacts to the same thing with her sassy face, pointing out this contradiction, saying, okay, she has to talk to her kids for him, but also it's her fault if she doesn't do it correctly. Footage of Cody at the bonfire, very aggressively asking the wives, does anyone else see this as some sort of betrayal? And on the couch, Robin, watching this, recoils and makes kind of a scared face and says, dude, and even laughs wryly, saying, we couldn't say anything there. Cody asks, because if you weighed in for me, it'd be a betrayal. Notice he's assuming that, of course, she would agree with him. And she says, yes, she has to be as neutral as possible. She didn't want to gang up on her or you. More veneer of, you see what I'm talking about? 
this veneer of credibility and impartiality. She explains they have to stay out of issues between Cody and a wife. And he quietly says, okay, making eye contact, and she smiles at him. This is pretty great. A fan asked Christine, do you own a toaster yet? And she... (laughs) Oh, it tickled me. And she can't get through the question without lifting her voice in amusement. And she makes a light but sarcastic, ha ha, yes. Says that her sister sent her a toaster after that episode aired and sent her a card with it calling her ridiculous. I wish people sent me free kitchenware. You can send me a card calling me whatever you want. You can call me ridiculous as long as you send me a free ninja. I don't care. Robin is giving Mary the Cody coat that Mary equates to a hug in the footage, and Mary in real time makes prayer hands reacting and says, okay, can we just talk about this? She was ready. She emphasizes how much backlash she got for this and calls it a stupid jacket and a stupid joke about a hug. She's quite defensive. In her facial expressions and her tone, she clarifies she knows where her relationship stands. She doesn't like this. Uh, lots of emphasis, even quietly at one point saying, do you not understand sarcasm? I don't think what she was saying was sarcasm. I do think she was kind of trying to joke, but I, I think this is damage control, feeling self-conscious. The footage, they're talking about the Rice Krispie turkey. That turkey, that Rice Krispie turkey, I don't know, I would eat that. I don't know what that says about me. I thought it was fun. Mary smiles, watching the footage, touching her face. Cody reacting even smiles broadly at it and calls it so original. Robin too is smiling, but she has closed lips, not not as broad of a smile. Mary closes her eyes with her hand over her mouth, starts losing her mind, laughing, leaning back in reaction to footage of her talking about how Cody prefers Robin's turkey. Both Mary's, this is my favorite moment of the entire episode. We have a split screen of the original footage Mary and the reaction Mary both laughing, and that made me smile a lot. Christine, somewhat in contrast, is looking at the camera, looks up, has her hands folded, all kind of non-verbally implying, I'm not even going to comment. Mary in the footage is laughing more about how Cody signed up to like everybody's turkey. And on the couch, both Cody and Robin are laughing at this. Mary laughing at herself more and says that she can't believe it made it into the edit, which is kind of a funny insight into the reality, I guess, of being on a television show not knowing what things you say or do will end up actually making it on the air. Christine says she can't believe Mary went there. She says this twice with emphasis and says that Cody did prefer Robin's turkey. It's true. I'm starting to think we might not actually be talking about turkey. There's now footage of Robin discussing how she's struggling with all the damaged relationships across the family. And Robin on the couch reacting with Cody looks a little upset, but... Cody touches her leg reassuringly and looks at her. And this is interesting. She looks a little bit upset. Cody notices this, puts his hand on her to comfort her. And instead of looking happier, she puts on a much more upset face, closes her eyes, puts her hand on his. I think she was playing into that she wanted this reaction from Cody. And so she was, you know, I don't know how else to put it. She was trying to milk it. Janelle, looking annoyed, calls it interesting and rubs her fingers together, frowning. Says their family was real. It was good. They were working as a team. She says very clearly, what you saw is what you got. She does seem bothered by all these assertions throughout the season of Cody and Robbins, saying that their family was fake or they were putting on a veneer or they weren't trying. Kind of like Christine did earlier, she starts chopping the air saying, Cody didn't do this. This person's right. This person's loyal. There wasn't one person who stood out from the rest, and I think we all know who that one person is. 
Christine agrees that they were real, real. Hence, that's why they went public. They believed in their family. Watching Robin now talk to Mary in the footage about how floored she was about Christine leaving and what was she missing? What was hidden from her from the onset? Interestingly enough, in the footage, she does the same nervous hair touch gesture. And then on the couch watching the footage, she does it again. Just like a half second later, it's just kind of strange. Cody quietly asks Robin, was there stuff you didn't know about? And Robin looks away and says she feels like there was. She sounds upset. She says she didn't know things were as bad as they're saying it was. She's not saying that she didn't know things were as bad as it was, just that, that what they are saying, interesting distinction because they're saying that things were fine, but Robin isn't saying she felt it was bad. Again, trying to demarcate her, who she believed the family was great, it's just everyone, all the other wives didn't, which is, is a bold-faced lie. Cody says in a marriage, when you're working together, you forget all the bad things, and so when you break up, you go through all the old crap instead of being forgiving about it. I don't really agree that any of that is universally true by any means. Christine sounds calm and measured and says they were completely honest in their conversations with Robin as she entered the family. And this is discussed in their book, Becoming Sister Wives. They talk in some detail about how they laid out all the stuff that Robin needed to know before she agreed to come into the family. She repeats, Robin knew about the struggles, including her struggles with Mary. Robin is gesturing to denote questioning and confusion, saying, what happened? I still don't understand. And Cody sort of pivots to the new big house idea and how Christine was opposed to it. He's implying that Christine not wanting the big house unearthed for him all these sins of Christine's that he'd otherwise forgotten. And Robin nods, validating him as if this makes sense. He says he just couldn't forgive anymore. And Robin asks who? And Cody pauses for a second. He doesn't actually answer. He says, if they can't be one family, he got cynical. Of course, he's talking about Christine, but for some reason, he he doesn't want to come out and say it. Christine, sounding like she's refuting these points, she, she talks about how they all went to counseling in Vegas. She says Robin was there in counseling, and now she's acting like she wasn't, or she wasn't aware of what was going on. Janelle, also reacting, touches the side of her face and says she started to hear little things about how awesome Robin was, and there began to be a differentiation made between Robin and other wives. Cody gestures a lot and starts fiddling with his hair, saying he couldn't take the attitude that, hey, we can just be separate families, and it seems like he feels maybe he should have, and it would have helped them in the long run if he had. Mary, reacting, steeples her fingers and counts on fingers what could have been the demise of the family. She was bringing Robin in, going public moving to Vegas. She trips over her words a little bit here and says there wasn't any one thing but a combination, including just people putting the work in. I'll be honest, out of everything, this seems to be the most honest and accurate summary of why the Brown family fell apart. Cody reiterates that it's Christine's fault that the family fell apart and, oh, okay, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. He says it's Christine's fault for not wanting to be one family. Robin asks, did she say that? More leading questions to get Cody to where Robin wants him to be. He doesn't really answer again and says she was indicating it in every way with the one house thing. He kind of has a point, I guess, you know, saying I don't want to live with the entire family does in some ways pretty clearly communicate that the whole one big, you know, family intermixing isn't necessarily what you want anymore or what will make you happy. As she's listening to this, Robin moves her eyes around a lot, maybe processing what he's saying. Cody almost sounds shell-shocked, saying Christine unraveled his world as they started unpacking just why she didn't want the new big house. And he jabs, emphasizing with the remote, saying, uh, saying, I'm not blaming her, which he clearly is. He literally just said, it's Christine's fault. I don't know. (laughs) I'm okay. I'm okay. 
I do think it was such a big ego blow that Christine didn't want the house and eventually didn't want Cody, that rather than going, okay, what can I salvage? Cody basically took his toys and went home, literally home, his giant home that he lives in with Robin. Robin nodding but not looking at Cody, making more assenting noises as he speaks than actually speaking. There's footage of Robin recounting how she was won over by the Browns when she met them. She thought it was a safe place for her kids to be. Christine, in response to this, dramatically pauses, looks down with wide eyes, gestures almost in surrender with hands raised before touching her hair. She is not happy, has a big sigh, taps her wine glass, and says that's bold stuff. Says it was safe. It was safe, but he got favorites. And she says, sorry, again, not not sorry as in she feels bad, but sorry, it's the truth. He got favorites. She admits openly she's frustrated, and she she does. She sounds it. She is unloading on Cody for what she considers to be his unfairness. Janelle reads a question asking, does she wish she'd left Cody earlier? And she says it really came down, she says it that way, to the kids. She said she'd even have stayed if Cody's parenting hadn't deteriorated so much, but she doesn't sound very sad, more resigned and kind of matter-of-fact about it. Cody says the family were dysfunctional, but convinced themselves they weren't. Christine reacting to this very fired up says it pisses her off. They were functional, she says. She emphasizes this with her hands, punctuating her words. Mary responds to a tweet affirming that she does believe polygamy can work, and she's looking up in a way as she says it, says that it worked in the first few years. Cody reads a question that does he still believe in polygamy? Robin says she doesn't know what to say, and Cody says nature and religion do, but he grits his teeth a bit and says he failed at it so badly he doesn't believe in it for him. That's really the theme of the last few seasons of Sister Wives, is Cody's just inability to grapple with the reality of his own failures and the role he ultimately played in the erosion of the foundation of his own family. Christine says that once Robin entered the family, they became separate and the family stopped their traditions. Cody does not agree, once more gesturing with the remote, saying that's not true. Robin is more stressed out, hair touching. Cody says Christine is referring to the Friday night gatherings that ended because the older kids were busy. Robin twirling her hair, puts her hand to her head as if she's stressed and says she was whispering almost. She says she was so mad they stopped. She hated it. Look, kids get older and traditions change. It's hard. It it can be really hard. It can be painful. You know, my mother-in-law is really upset that everybody, like we used to just all, before anybody had kids, we'd all convene at their home every Christmas and do a big Christmas for days. And everybody, like, you know, her kids have kids. She has grandkids now. And she understands that, like, look, Christmas has just shifted, but it still hurts. And she deserves that hurt. It's valid, but things change. Cody, in contrast, laughs sarcastically and says, oh, they're trying to make it look like Robin did it. Robin sort of pouty says, they don't know who she is. And Cody agrees. This is, again, a very clear indicator of their shared victim complex and how they create narratives together that sort of buffer themselves from responsibility. Mary smiles with a hand over her mouth, watching the older park footage of her playfully running from Christine, who tackles her, puts a hand on her chin, says, right now, Christine doesn't want a relationship with her ever again, but she reflects, has good memories, almost apologetically, says she misses that. There's footage of Mary telling Robin outside that Christine doesn't want a relationship with them, and Christine reacts, clarifying, that's not true, she just needed things to stay as they are. She says Robin's one who was assumed that she meant she didn't want anything to do with her and her kids, again says that's not true. There's footage of Mary referring to herself and Cody as estranged, 
Robin, for some reason on the couch, reacts to this by dabbing at her eyes as if she's crying. Cody, very matter-of-fact, says that the religion meant he couldn't leave Mary. He says the rub between personalities, and he illustrates this by rubbing his hands together. He says it was so raw for so long. He's unapologetic. He says he realized he couldn't be in a functional marriage with her. He doesn't blame her. They're just incompatible. This is the most mature, reasoned, and fair thing Cody says in this entire episode. That's not saying much, but credit where credit is sort of due. Mary says she didn't feel like she hung on too long to the relationship because when they did split, they were both at peace with it. One more time, I I cannot argue with that. Fair enough. Cody talking more to Robin than to the camera says he thinks that he and Mary can still get along once the divorce is past them because he doesn't get upset seeing footage of Mary. Robin points out that Cody just said that they don't get along, and he says, well, we don't. And she laughs at kind of this contrast, this ridiculous contrast, and he says it was just the pressure to be in a marriage, I guess. Robin makes a goofy smile at the camera and points at Cody twice saying, see, see, uh, I, I don't. I don't see. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be funny. I don't know what she was trying to say. Cody reads a question asking how they feel that none of their kids want to live plural marriage, he says, but it corrects himself because it actually said polygamy. So he said polygamy. Robin says it's fine either way. She doesn't seem to care. Cody doesn't answer the question. Instead, he pivots to complaining more about his wives and says, a wife once said she wished none of the kids lived it because it's too hard. They watch more footage and Robin still has her head slumped, her hand on her head. Janelle reading a legitimately hilarious dunk tweet about how the Browns are always rolling into Salsa Brava to dissolve their family. She repeats it, says it several times how funny she thinks that it is. Christine clarifies because in the footage, Cody says that Christine had, shall we say, bad talked him to the kids, and she clarifies and says that the kids were upset. They came to her and she validated their feelings. She shrugs, says she didn't want plural marriage anyway, and she was honest about it. Janelle, too, in her reaction is dismissive of Cody's assertions that that he worked so hard, and she says, well, maybe if you worked that hard and it didn't work out, that's a red flag. Her voice, by the way, started to go out at this point because of her throat, hence why she needed the tea. Not the tea that everyone is spilling in this episode. Actual tea. There's footage of Christine and Cody having that awkward meal at Salsa Brava, you know, talking about getting together for the holidays and Cody's concerns about COVID because Aurora hadn't had it yet, and Christine says she thought Cody would be excited to see his kids, but instead he brought up, as she puts it, frickin' COVID. Robin, very quietly on the couch, tells Cody, Cody seems sad and resigned, by the way, says, well, you were just trying to protect Aurora. They're actually holding hands on the couch now, bonding quite a bit, watching this footage, it seems like. More Christine footage, talking about Cody getting completely dude-sick and just completely shutting down every time he had any minor illness, and Cody is describing how hard COVID was. And Mary reacting to that footage of him talking about COVID laughs, looks at the camera and says, he's not wrong, and he's not. Some cases of COVID are brutal. Christine, for her part, just stretches dramatically and says, oh my god. Robin, stumbling over her words a bit, says Cody was sick, but he didn't act like it. He just kept taking care of the kids. I mean, that's what you do. You know what I mean? When you're a sick parent and your kids are sick, you're kind of not sick. You're, you you got to keep rolling. I mean this in the nicest way possible. Kids kind of don't, little kids, they don't care. You know, they, they're just trying to get through the day and are, just need comfort. And so when you're sick, it just, it is what it is. Cody on the screen again, talking about how sick he was and Robin in real time, silently nodding and holding Cody's hand. We then see Christine on the screen laughing and talking about how awesome it is to not be married to Cody anymore. I thought Cody and Robin would react more strongly to this, but they're quite stone-faced and impassive. 
Christine, too, watching this back on the screen, is holding her chin with her hand, but very calm and collected, doesn't really react. Cody finally says, yeah, that's the end, pretty matter-of-factly, and Robin purses her lips. Cody has some humor in his voice when he says, well, it ends with Christine still laughing at me. Robin says twice that she's sorry, and Cody laughs some more. Christine, finally quiet but firm, says she loves the day she said it was over, and she smiles, reliving that feeling she had when she ended her marriage. Cody's still trying to roll with it, admits that it sucks. She's still trash-talking him, and he, and he fidgets with the remote. Christine said at that meal she thought he'd be happy to see his kids on Thanksgiving, but he just talked about himself, which, I'm, I'm sorry, that's not true. He actually was mostly talking about Aurora, not wanting Aurora to get sick. Robin says she wouldn't say those things about Cody if Christine knew how sick he really had been. She says that he's lost his optimism, and Cody looks up and says, he still hasn't gotten it back. Robin comforts him by touching his leg, but he doesn't look at her. We end with some quick reflections from Christine and Janelle, both of them saying it's a weird process to rewatch it, but Janelle says maybe liberating, maybe good, maybe bad, and Mary just says she's glad she's past all that. Finally, Christine reads one last fan message asking, does she even want to be friends with Cody? And with absolute sincerity in her voice, says it would be great. We did it! That's the first talk back from Sister Wives Season 18. Thank you so much for listening to this. I hope it was worth the wait. I hope it's what you wanted. I, I really tried to make it the best I possibly could. As I promised, I have kind of a major announcement about the future of this podcast, which is it's kind of getting bigger. I have made the decision after thinking about it quite a bit and listening to your feedback to launch the Sister Wives Professor on Patreon. Patreon.com slash the Sister Wives Professor. I'm starting out with three tiers, which feels like you know more than enough for right now. And so I'll kind of break those down for you right now if you're interested. The basic tier is the undergraduate tier. No benefits, $3 a month. You don't really get anything, but if you just, you like the podcast, you say, okay, I don't need that extra stuff, but I want to kick the guy a little bit every month because, you know, I like his podcast. I want to give you the option to do that. Anything is appreciated. Anything helps make this possible. Now, the real good stuff starts at the next tier, which is the master's level, $8 a month. If you like this talkback episode and you think, you know, I hope he does a reaction and analysis of the other talkback episode, or maybe the two lookback episodes from season 18, you can have that. As in right now, you go to patreon.com slash the sister wives professor, join at the master's tier. I already have a reaction and analysis podcast for the other talkback episode and the two look-back episodes ready to go right now. So, like, right now. You can go listen to them if you join at the Master's Tier. I also, every month, will have one extra bonus podcast for everyone who subscribes to the Patreon at the second or third tier. It will be one of two things, both of which were ideas that came from all of you, so thank you. One will be Adam's Affirmations, which I want to come up with a better name, but that's just what I got. It's alliterative. I don't know. Once a month, I will either do one of these where I talk about topics like how to calm you down from anxiety, how to process loss, how to set boundaries, how to be mindful, how to be grateful. I talk about these things a lot in class, and I give talks on them, sometimes professionally. And some of you have said you like my voice and you find it calming. If you think I'm calming now, wait until you hear these affirmation podcasts. They are designed, it's not ASMR per se, but it is designed to chill you out, give you just a nice thing to focus on, okay? I'll be doing one of those a month and or I'm going to do at least one of these. We'll see. I don't want to overpromise. If I don't do an affirmation that month, you will get what I'm calling a sister wives deep dive instead. 
a bonus podcast where instead of reviewing and analyzing a single episode, I go in depth on a single topic, Cody's relationship with Wynn. Why didn't Cody walk away from Mary and vice versa? Why does Robin cry all the time? Things like that. I'll be giving you my opinion in depth with both academic and of course, non-academic personal analysis. So at least one of those every month for that tier, along with immediate access to the Talk Back and Look Back podcasts. Finally, the big guns, the doctorate level, you PhD, you, all those benefits, talkbacks, lookbacks, one extra podcast per month, either an affirmation or a deep dive, plus two bi-weekly bonus reality TV analysis podcasts on top of that, exclusive to the doctorate tier for $15 a month. Do you want me to review Welcome to Plathville? Do you want me to review Real Housewives? You tell me. I'm going to let the patrons at this level vote for what they want to hear, and then two times a month, I'm going to give it to you. I will review episode by episode a season of your chosen show, just like I review Sister Wives. So if you want to hear an in-depth communication analysis about a different reality TV show, here's the best way you can do it. Now, let me be very clear. I say it all the time, and I don't want you to think I'm not serious, because I am. All I really want is for this podcast to be a positive part of your life. And with that in mind, my regular weekly Sister Wives analysis podcast will always be free. If you want, and you don't want to, or can't, or both, contribute to the Patreon, but you still want to hear my podcast, still every week want to hear me talk about Sister Wives, you will always be able to. That is a promise. Again, that is patreon.com slash the Sister Wives Professor. I cannot wait to talk to some of you and interact with you if you feel that that makes sense for you to do so. Okay, wow, that was a lot. I think I got through everything. Thank you for sticking with me. I, as always, I cannot wait to talk to you more. My name's Dr. Adam. I'm the Sister Wives Professor. I'm a teacher. I'm a researcher. And I'm a follower of Sister Wives. Boy, am I ever. I really hope this podcast was a positive part of your day, because like I said, that really is, at the end of everything, all I want. Be kind to yourself, because you deserve kindness. I'll talk to you later, okay? Okay, see ya. No copper coin in me.